It is Friday, June 28th, and this is The Rally. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and it is time for another episode of The Rally. We come at you live from Allentown as Scranton Wilkesbury gets set to begin a tough three-game, three-day set here on the road at Coca-Cola Park. And the first two arms for Scranton Wilkesbury that they'll be going up against, Eniel De Los Santos, Cole Irvin, two of the very best pitchers that the International League has to offer. We take a look back at last night, however, and Scranton Wilkesbury able to take a split of a doubleheader, which means they were able to take two of three from the Buffalo Bisons and keep the Bisons at arm's length. Scranton Wilkesbury six games up on first place in the IL North Division. In game one yesterday, the Rail Riders got on the board first, and frankly, it didn't take much time at all. After a ground out by Mike Ford began the game, second man up. Bravik Valera. Mike Ford has had a dominating season. Valera with the high fly towards right field. Heading back, Socrates Brito to the warning track wall. And this is gone. Valera was hit by a pitch and forced to leave yesterday's game. While he drills one out to right field. We would hear from Valera later. And by that, I mean just the very next inning. He had two men aboard with one out. And he was able to further build the early lead for Scranton Wilkesbury. Pitch to Valera, grounded, fair, inside the first base bag in a slow roller. Kratz will score. Billy Burns being waved home. The ball just retrieved in foul ground by Socrates Brito. Two at-bats, Bravik Valera has three runs matted in. It's a two-run double. The Rail Riders extend their advantage, 3 to nothing. bottom half of the second inning. With a 3 nothing lead, the Buffalo Bisons came to bat against rehabbing big leaguer Domingo Herman, who retired the first six men he faced, four of them on strikeouts. But in the top of the third inning, he ran into his one speed bump on the night. Two-run home run Andy Burns, two-run home run Socrates Brito. And so the Bisons resiliently grabbed a 4-3 lead in the top of the third inning. But the Rail Riders responded in the bottom half. They were able to tie it up. After a two-out walk to Gosuke Kato, Eric Kratz came up. A one, Kratz breaks his bat and it's a dying duck in a shallow left center. It falls in for a base hit and it splits the outfielders and rolls toward the warning track. Coteau around third, he scores standing up. We're tied at four as Eric Kratz benefiting from some miscommunication between Jonathan Davis and Roman Fields. The game was tied at four and Scranton Wilkesbury in game one of a doubleheader added a run in the fourth, a run in the fifth and a 6-4 lead was all they needed. The bullpen was great. David Sosby and Joe Harvey recorded nine outs between them, six strikeouts over three scoreless innings, and scranton Wilkesbury came away with the 6-4 victory. Game two featured not much at all. Offensively, the Rail Riders did not score. They were shut out for the third time this season, and Buffalo needed just one run, an RBI infield single in the fourth inning to play the winning run, and a tough luck loss for Raynell Espinal. He went the distance, six innings, one run, four hits, eight strikeouts on 95 pitches, but the loss drops him to 3-7 and seven on the season. Doubleheader yesterday played before 5,925 fans at PNC Field. The Rail Riders now 46-32 and 32 on the season after dropping Game 2. Before yesterday's game, we had a chance to catch up with the voice of the Buffalo Bisons, AAA affiliate for the Toronto Blue Jays, that would be Pat Melicaro. Joe Basile had a chance to catch up with Pat and talk to him about how his team, the team that's 
trying to track down Scranton Wilkesbury for first place in the IL North Division is doing just over the midway point of the season. Yeah, happy to join you here today and uh, close out this series. Mm-hmm. It's really been uh, a change, and you go back to the doubleheader sweep that Scranton Wilkesbury had over Buffalo, mm-hmm. where the herd didn't score a run and only got three base runners on. That was kind of the low point. But a lot of the players that were on the team then have been with this team since that point, and they've gotten a lot of good offense. And pitching has been a bright spot for this team. You go back to the beginning of June, really was the low point. May was not a good month for this team. You look at both statistical categories of hitting or pitching. ERA was not good. Batting average was not good. But right now, Buffalo is the third best team in terms of ERA. And it's after giving up 10 runs yesterday. All of them were earned against Scranton Wilkesbury. So they were the best team pitching-wise. Strikeouts, they're in top five in the in the North or in the International League this month. So you look at what the team has done. They beat up on some bad teams. I mean, let's be honest, too. Indianapolis is not the team that we've known over the past couple of years. Uh, Louisville struggling this year, and Norfolk is uh, stuck in the soup. They they got swept by Buffalo in a four-game, three-day series. They're just not very good right now. So you talk about wanting to take advantage of teams when they're down. That's what Buffalo did. Um, and I think this is a good test for Buffalo to see what a team like scranton Wilkesbury, who probably will be in the postseason, uh, what they need to do to get there over the next two months. Mm-hmm. We talked about losing Kevin Biggio, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who were with you guys early on in the season. Who have been some of the guys that have stepped up in their absence and, and really impressed you? Well, Bo Bichette is back now for his 11th game, and he's been very good. Um, he's been a multi-hit guy for this team. Saw it again last night. He did it in Pawtucket. He's done it in, at home a little bit, too. But really, a lot of AAA veterans. Someone like Socrates Brito struggled yesterday, but he was hitting 313 going into the week in Pawtucket. He has had some big hits for this team, and when they've needed timely hits, like in the series against Norfolk, someone like Alan Hansen, who really has struggled since being DFA down to Buffalo, he had a big hit. So it's been those AAA veterans that a lot of times we see them come down to this level. They sulk. They're mad at everybody. They're mad at the world for you know being sent down. That's not the case with this team, and I want to give these guys credit. Socrates Brito came down, and he said, what do I need to do to get better? He's worked with Corey Hart. We see the speed in the outfield. He's worked with Devon White on that as well. But he's a good defender. The offense has ticked up again because of just some small changes he made to his swing. And talking about the pitching, TJ Zoic pitching in Game 1 today, it's just going to be his second start. I know he's coming back from some injuries, but he's someone who's kind of come in and have some other guys kind of come in as well on the pitching standpoint and, and right at the ship there. Yeah. We look at Taylor Saucedo in game number two. He's been a swing guy for this team a little bit. Um, he made a start last time out, got a win. He's made two starts, eight appearances overall this year between time in New Hampshire. Um, someone like uh, Thomas Pannone, who you won't see this series, but pitched in front of uh, friends and family on Monday at Pawtucket. He grew up 20 minutes from, from the Paw Sox stadium. He is a swing guy in the big leagues, and he's come down here. He's started very well. And honestly, you know, we look back to the first meetings of the year between these two teams when they, when Scranton came to Buffalo. Zach Jackson, Connor Fisk, some young guys that did not throw strikes. Fisk was at this level last year, but we saw a big adjustment period to these brand-new baseballs. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to sound like um, these pitchers, you know, that the hitters didn't do anything in terms to, to make them throw bad pitches, but we saw guys that dominated double-A, hesitant to throw strikes against triple-A veterans, and add in the new baseball where you're trying to get a better grip, better feel. Someone like Zach Jackson, who's a curveball pitcher, had to learn how to use these newer baseballs with the smaller seams, mm-hmm. and he's done that. So there have been a couple additions, but it's been a lot of guys figuring things out as they've gone along this season. Mm-hmm. 
here on the broadcast pregame show with Bison's broadcaster, Pat Malacaro, and just wanted to kind of wrap things up with, with one question here for you, and that's obviously this is a big series for you guys. We saw some testiness last night between the two teams. What was the sense of your feeling in the Bison's clubhouse either after last night's game or earlier today about kind of what transpired last night? You know, it's one of the, it's just one game. It's one of those things. It kind of got away. You got a pitcher like David Garner who, look, he hadn't pitched in over a year in competitive game. Um, you know, looking back at some of the uh, numbers and, and some of where those pitches were last night. I really got the sense that it was a pitcher who just was not in command of his stuff. And unfortunately, Bravik Valera got hit by the pitch on the foot and the, and the leg, and, and he was out of the game at that point, and Garner was ejected. Um, but I don't think there was any intent there. And it's same with Kirby Sneed. He's been up and down a, a little bit erratic at times. And, uh, you know, Logan Morrison... You know, he would have had every right to go out there after being the second straight batter being hit by a pitch. And I thought he handled it perfectly by, you know, jogging down to first. Maybe he said something to the home plate umpire because the warnings were issued. But the Bisons, from their perspective, last night was last night. Um, it's, it's unfortunate sometimes that happens. And, you know, I said it on our broadcast last night, sometimes you get the cumulative effect. There may have been no ill intention at all on any of those three pitches. And I understand the scranton Wilkesbury perspective as well after what happened in Syracuse and, you know, all, all that transpired there. But if somebody from the Bison side would have been hit, I think they would have realized the situation. Um, and you can't have three guys hit in one game and, and maybe not have some retribution. But... Uh, here we are today, and I think in, in quick seven-inning games, cooler heads will prevail. Thanks to Pat for being our pregame guest, and thanks to you for making the really part of your day today. Scranton Wilkesbury starts their three-game set in Allentown against the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs with a 7.05 first pitch tonight. Adonis Rosa takes the ball for Scranton Wilkesbury, going up against the ever-tough Eniel De Los Santos. Pre-game coverage with Adam Marco and me begins at 6.35 on the Real Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. I'm Adam Giardino. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later tonight.